be Genesis 11 and Genesis 6 for the balance of the message. There's a prophecy message from the book of Genesis tonight, and a history lesson, of course, and then a forecast of things to come. And the Lord is, of course, uh, he's uh, nearer than ever before in returning. I'm looking forward to the rapture of the church and looking forward to that day. I don't know when it could be. It could be tonight. It could be next year, next 10 years, or 100 years from now. We don't know for sure. It could be 120 years from now. I hope not. I'm hoping to go by the uh, upper taker, not the undertaker, of course, to, to heaven. And I want to read Genesis chapter 11, the story of Babel, a real place, of course, a real account of the first 11 chapters of, of Genesis, as you all know, are, are accurate historical accounts of the creation and, of course, the, the judgment and the, the flood, as we'll talk about, and then, of course, this gathering at Babel. And uh, you see on the screen behind me the Great Reset. We'll talk about it. How many have heard of the Great Reset, by the way? How many have heard of that term? All right. Well, all you got to do is Google it. Now, remember, Google tells you everything you need to know, right? And I'm being facetious. But uh, really, I shouldn't laugh about it because uh, we're being uh, blinded and uh, we're being uh, lied to. And really, it's a serious subject tonight, of course. But uh, we'll talk about the reset, the Great Reset here in a few minutes here. But notice, I'm going to let you remain seated as we read the Word of God tonight here. Genesis chapter 11, verses 1 through 11, or verse, verse, verse 9, rather. And the whole earth was of one language and of one speech. Now, let me just stop there and say, a lot of people say that would be a good thing. We're going to have a one language when we get to heaven. I know that, and one speech. We're going to be praising God together. But this is not good on earth. And it came to pass, as they journeyed from the east, that they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there. Usher, the chronologist, places this at 2,247 B.C., or about 4,200 years ago now. And they said, the inhabitants of Babel, they said one to another, go to let us make brick and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and slime had they for mortar. And they said, go to, notice again the second time we see this phrase, let us, build us a city and a tower whose top may reach unto heaven. And let us, make us a name, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men builded. And the Lord said, behold, the people is one, and they have all one language, and this they will begin to do, and nothing will be restrained from them, which they have imagined to do. Verse 7, go to, let us, this time it's the Trinity speaking, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, we see a cross-reference verse of Genesis one twenty six, where God said, let us make man in our own image, but let, go to, let us go down, and there confound, not bring into one language, but confound their language that they may not understand one another's speech. God wanted to, to scatter them. The Bible says, verse number, number 8, So the Lord scattered them abroad from the fence and upon the face of all the earth, and they left off building the, the city. Therefore, the name, of the, the name of it is called Babel. We talk about babbling, vain babblings. It's confusion. Babbling. Because the Lord there did confound the language of all the earth. And from thence did the Lord scatter, which he called them to do after the flood, to, to scatter throughout the whole earth 
to scatter them abroad upon the face of all the earth. Then we have the chronology of going into the life of Abraham or Abram as we know him. And of course, Abraham, at the end of the chapter, we won't read the rest of the chapter for time's sake. But I want you to notice verse number one as we begin tonight. The whole earth, the Bible says, and the whole earth was of one language and one, one speech. There's a great apostasy, a great deception. In fact, turn in your Bibles back four pages or so to Genesis chapter six and notice it with me. While you're turning back there, the whole earth. Let me ask you, is there a worldwide communication that blankets the whole earth now? Well, we have something called satellite we've had for 70 years, I guess. We have something called the internet today. There's five major corporations, that, media corporations in the whole world. They control all the news media. We, there is, I say, preacher, do you, are, you, are you a conspiracy theory person? No, not really. I believe there's one great conspiracy, and it's headed by Satan. He's called the, God, he's called the, the deceiver in Revelation 12, chapter 12, verse number 9. In fact, in Revelation 12, 9, the Bible says that Satan deceives the whole world. That's a lot of people. Seven billion plus people. He's called the prince of the power of the air in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 2. He's called the God, small g, of this world, Satan is, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse number 4. He's the God of this world who hath blinded the minds. Let me tell you, and I'm not trying to be political tonight, I'm just telling you a lot of, if the God... The Satan, Satan, the God of this world, blinds the minds of the whole world. He blinds the minds of a lot of so-called Americans. By the millions. And he's, he's a blinder. We go to Genesis chapter 6. This happened 120-some years before we get to chapter number 11 of the Babel. Usher puts it at 2343 B.C., it says in verse number six, and it came to pass when men began to multiply upon the face of the earth and daughters were born unto men, or unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair and they looked and they took them wives of all which they chose. And the Lord, verse three, Genesis chapter six, and the Lord said, my spirit shall not always strive with man. God says, I'm going to send a judgment. God was very specific in his broadcast, in his prophecy. He said exactly when this judgment would take place. He says, I'm going to send a judgment. Man stays show, uh, man's, uh, for that he is also flesh. Yet his days shall be in 120 years. And for time's sake, we're not going to read verses 4 to the end of the chapter, but there were giants upon the earth. I believe there was an unholy mixture. I didn't believe this for many years. Let me run a quick rabbit trail just for you, that upperclassmen, as I like to call you. I never believed, I always believed that the sons of men and daughters of uh, men were the, the sons of, uh, the, the daughters of uh, Abel, that's what I was taught, and the, sons of, and the sons of Cain. There was an unholy mixture between the uh, unsaved people and saved people, if you will, in our, our modern-day vernacular Christianity, of course. The Bible says, be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Can two walk together except they be agreed? They, let me give you a quick application, young people. Christian people ought to marry Christian people. And good Christian people ought to marry good Christian people. If there is such a thing as a bad Christian person, bad Christian people ought to marry bad Christian people. And I'm being a little facetious now. Like after like, kind after kind. 
You don't violate God's rules. But that's a secondary application here. The, this sons of God, I came to believe after many, in fact, I read a long, the classic, on, the 1940 classic on Alexander the Great. And Alexander the Great felt that he was, he knew he was man, but he only believed he was half man and half God. And uh, the, 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 of course, in, by the time he was 31, he conquered the world. He was a superman, maybe the greatest general that ever lived, Alexander the Great. Read his biography, and it's astounding, supernatural, miraculous. God kept him alive over and over and over again. Amazing stories, three great battles of Alexander the Great. And he thought he was a god, or half god. And his people thought he was half god. His mother was a half god. Why did they think that? I came to believe in several passages of scripture, and you don't have to agree with me right now. You may say, say I'm, think I'm, I'm smoking something or way off on a tangent tonight, but I'm really not. There was a day when I believed the gods, the angels, the demonic angels, came down and inhabited with the sons of men. They created a DNA alternative, if I could use that phrase. Half man, half beast. God said, I got to destroy this. We can't do it any longer. Folks, listen, I'm not, I'm not trying to be sensational tonight. Uh, I know you all have different opinions about vaccines and so forth, but uh, vaccines are coming. The idea of vaccines always being safe. I heard the other day, CDC, that they're saying they're estimating that 2 million people will die from the vaccine. Well, we're going to take it because it's going to save us all. Right. Well, you take the vaccine if you want to. That's fine. I'm not, I'm not, it's, I'll put it under individual soul liberty. But I think you need to be aware of some, 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 some things tonight. Back to Genesis chapter 6, I got, uh, ran a tangent. Verse number 5, we read about the giants of the earth in verse, and how they inhabited with the sons of, they were sons of God rather than they inhabited with the daughters of men, excuse me. They became mighty upon the earth. Transformers maybe. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth. Verse 5. And every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Verse number six, and repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth and it grieved him at his heart. And God said in verse seven and forward, God said, I'm going to destroy mankind from off the face of the earth. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Aren't you thankful we found grace in the eyes of the Lord tonight? God's been good to us here, of course. But there's a great apostasy. We get to this we get to Genesis chapter 9, just glance at it, and we'll touch on it again here in just a moment here. But Genesis 9, we see that the, Noah, the, the flood does come 120 years later. And man, within just a short period of time after that, apostates, and we go from 9 right to 11, of course, back to our chapter that we began in. And we see within a period of just over 100 or so years after the flood, that man builds Babel. They want to have a one world, a great unity, a great coming together. And we see in this chapter, God's not pleased with that. He wasn't pleased with what took place in Genesis chapter 6. I don't believe he's pleased with what's happening in this world today right now. History's repeating itself. And there's, uh, I was made aware of this, I've heard this for several months actually, but I just finally started to do some research just this past week on the Great Reset. 
the great, never names the word, the Davos Committee that meets every year, of course, a meeting of billionaires around the world with the CEOs of all the most major firms in the world, Microsoft, BP, uh, MasterCard, the Bilderbergers, the Bill Gateses of the world, the Melinda Gateses of the world, the one, they're, they're globalists. They're globalists and they're, they're proud to be globalists. They think it's a good thing. We have many people in our government in the highest halls, not just Democrats, by the way, Republicans, that are one-worlders, globalists, that think it's a good thing. I mean, if you don't know the Bible, wouldn't it be nice if we could all just get together? Uh, I went down after the, nine, or the, the shooting of the, the, the kids at uh, Sandy Hook downtown Torrington for the... Uh, I was supposed to pray. They didn't ask me to pray. I told, I told the mayor I'd pray in Jesus' name. They didn't ask me. They asked six other guys. Nobody preached, prayed in Jesus' name. That's another story. But they, they, they sang, by a politician, they sang John Lennon's song, Imagine All the People, uh, with a guitar. and uh, No religion, no heaven, no hell. Let's just all love one another, get along. This great reset agenda, just Google or DuckDuckGo. That's my new way to go. DuckDuckGo or going on a web search engine that still has it if it hasn't been blocked. And you, you will just type in the Great Reset. That's all you got to do. I thought about showing a 10-minute video tonight, but I, you could do it on your own time. It might be a great precursor for you that when I asked for hand raising, only a handful of people raised their hand and even heard this term. The Great Reset, just type it in. You'll see the Great Reset in 19, 2019, 2020, 2021. Therefore, a Great Reset. This is one pro-reset agenda, or it's also known as Agenda 21. It's been around a long time. We know it as a new world order. You probably don't need to get out your dollar bill. Most of us old-timers know this, but we got a pyramid on the back of our dollar bill. It's got a seeing eye at the top of it. I remember as a kid learning about the Illuminati in 1776. I think most people are familiar with the Illuminati. I think, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe our young people are hearing some of this for the first time. In Latin, I had two years of Latin in high school. No, 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 vu, no, no, ordo seclorum. New world order. We could talk about the Masons tonight. We could run rabbit trails and talk about, the, again, the Bilderbergers and the Vanderbilts and the, 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 the elitists of the world, the, the Rockefellers and the, the billionaires of the world, the Davos crowd, as they're called, the Bill Gates of the, and the Jeff Bezos of the world today. And you will Google this and you'll find out that they're real, that they, 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 have, they have noble intentions. They want to bring the world together. Their noble intentions are they want to do with countries. They want to do with the United States of America. Folks, I'm telling you, this is not sensationalism. This is not political. I'm just telling you, there's people, that, people in America that hate America. There's people that think that our, found, our foundation was, was, is, is wicked that we've been lied to, that we're a wicked imperialistic nation, we've imposed our values on everybody else, and we've, we've built our country off a of slave trade, we've built our, and everything good is now bad, and everything bad is now good, and another message, I'm starting to get running rabbit trails here tonight. But if you Google the Great Reset, Agenda 21, you'll come up to a pro website, they're for this. This is what it reads, I should have put it on the screen for you. There is an urgent need this is on the web page, the front page of the, the website. There is an urgent need for global stakeholders to cooperate in simultaneously man managing the direct consequences of the COVID-19 crisis. Now, this is not from some right-wing radical 
prophetic Bible banger like you or you or me, maybe, or a church, church of a bunch of Christians, fanatical Christians, or from Alex Jones or whoever you want to pick. This is from them. They are proud of this. They think they're doing the world good. It says to improve, their goal is to improve the state of the world. The World Economic Forum is starting the Great Reset Initiative. This has been going on for about 27 years in, in its newest form, and every year it gets updated. This worldwide, this worldwide lockdown we have going on is not by accident. This universal mask wearing is not by ask, accident. You say, well, we got a virus. We also have headaches, too, but we don't lock down because of headaches. You know, I could start preaching here for a moment here, but it just irritates me to no end. I never, I've had many funerals, I mentioned it this morning. I've had a lot of funerals for people that committed suicide. I never mention it. Dozens. I buried people that I, and I've, I haven't lied, I just obfuscated the truth. I know two people just recently that died by suicide, but I'll never tell you. Don't ask me after the service. I don't know anybody, but personally, that died by COVID. I'm sure that people died by COVID, but, you know, I dare say there's more people that died by suicide than by COVID. For every one person, I heard this amazing statistic the other day. I don't know if I had this right, but I heard that for the 56,000 soldiers we lost in Vietnam, we've lost 15 times that amount over the last 40-some years by suicide. Soldiers with PTSD that just don't have a reason to live. There's a lot of things worse than COVID, what I'm trying to tell you. So we got these worldwide lockdowns going on. We got the wrecking of our economy. We survived, uh, we survived one economic lockdown this spring, whenever it was. Now we're into two, and now we're into three. And I know just idea, we'll just print more money. That'll solve the problem, right? We'll just give money away, and it's, it's, it's all right. We don't have to pay that back. You don't understand Economics 101 if you don't, if you don't understand that or if you think it's just oh, let the government take care of us. Many Americans believe that's just going to be okay. We have the stripping of our constitutional rights. On Thursday, I'm supposed to, I self-imposed uh, requirement, Pastor Chris Casey up at Worcester, Massachusetts, having his court case. He, he's the pastor that stood up against Big Brother seven months ago, six months ago, and he said, I'm not closing down my church. I have something called a First Amendment right. He got fined, he got fined left and right for Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. National news media came, and, and uh, he's been fined and so forth, and he said, I'm, and they were cleaning their, cleansing their church. They were doing the social distancing thing. They were doing the mask and everything, and, of course, this is, this is what, March, April, May, May, something like that. Well, the court case is Thursday, and they're asking a lot of preachers to go to, I don't know why it's in New Hampshire, but it's in New Hampshire to, to the court case. I may, Tim and I may take an early run up there if I feel up to it, but 160-mile run. But somebody needs to stand up or we, I saw if we don't, we don't stand up, we're all going to fall. But Klaus Schwab, he's the head of Klaus Schwab, as in Schwab, not, no, I don't know if it's a relation, but the Schwab, the broker company, He's the head of the World Economic Forum. They meet every year. They're tied in with the CDC. They're tied in with the, uh, the World Health Organization. I quote, and you can Google this. It's all right there. On, it's right there. They're not hiding it anymore. They're not ashamed of this anymore. They're, in fact, they're very proud of it. This is what Klaus Schwab, the head of the World Economic Forum, says. 
The pandemic, quote, the pandemic represents a rare but narrow window of opportunity to reflect, reimagine, reimagining. We're trying to reimagine our police officers. You see how well that's worked out this summer and this fall as we're reimagining our police forces. So you see Portland lately? We, we, COVID-19 gives us an opportunity to reflect, reimagine, and reset our world to create a healthier, more equitable, and more prosperous future. End of quote. On the front page, webpage of, the, of one of these websites I looked at. They have a three-pronged goal agenda. It's called the three E's. They want to redo economics, the economy. They want to, do, they want to redo ecology. They want, they want to have equity for all. Let me translate. They want, to, they want to bring down the world, they want to bring down the superpowers, starting with the United States of America. They want to reduce us to a third world country like, everybody, like, like Venezuela. They want to bring down our economy. They want it to crash. They want it to crash and burn up so we can reset everything. They want to bring down our ecology. We have young people thinking that global warming is the greatest crisis in the whole world. We're all going to die. I was on that cruise. I, let me run a quick rabbit trail. It makes me so mad. I, we were on the cruise of Alaska. There's thousands of glaciers in Alaska. Thousands. Have anybody been to Alaska? You know what I'm talking about. These, these glaciers are phenomenal. But they're supposedly melting. Some are melting. They, some are receding. And boy, the cruise ship director the, on, on the broadcasters, we're going by these, these, she's talking all about this glacier and how it's lost several hundred feet in the last 20 years. And then we passed by another glacier and she doesn't say anything. I walked up to her and I, 3,000 people on the ship, whatever there was, and I said, uh, I says, well, what about this glacier? She says, well, actually, this glacier is actually growing. And one another one, oh, this one's growing too. Some are receding, some are growing. You know, it's called, you know, we have change of climate. Do you know that? And by the way, it just irritates me. I would, I would like a little bit of North Carolina weather in Connecticut. Amen? Now, don't give me Florida, but what, what is the perfect temperature? Oh, Virginia, okay. <laughs> Newfoundland or Bermuda or New England? Who decides what's best? I think a little global warming, I'm not trying to be funny here, I think it would be nice. Especially come January, February in Connecticut, give me some global warming, I'll take it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, the greenhouse effect, that's true. That's, that is true, there's no rain before the flood, that's true. I mean, I'm sorry, I'm getting a little off, off the notes here. But the Davos crowd, again, the meeting of the billionaires, they meet every year. You've heard of the Builder Burgers, maybe? Maybe you have, maybe you haven't. They're trying to reset, to have a great reset of, they're trying to bring utopia to the world. The communists tried to do that years ago as well. And communists, we have communists, this is not name calling, this is just fact based. We have communists in our Congress of the United States of America. Have you ever heard of ALC? You ever heard of the Squad? You ever heard of the Democratic Party? By the way, some quasi-Republicans, some rhinos. You say, you're getting political preachers. That's the problem. We, 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 we're afraid to speak the truth any longer. They want us to shut, to shut our mouths. 
They want us to be quiet about what's really happening. They want to bring down the America. I saw on one of the websites, there's so much to digest here, but humans are becoming hackable. You say, they don't know. The last bastion of privacy is our minds. Yeah? How much are you on your computer? What's your websites you look at? They know everything that you're watching. The, the database, and you say, listen, they can, you know, I, I said, I, I, the global tracking, we were on the highway the other day. You know, they're taking the tolls out on, on 90. I was on 90 a couple weeks ago. The tolls are being dismantled uh, coming into Massachusetts. Don't need tolls anymore because your car is going to get there at 65, 70 miles an hour. 75, some of you people go 80 miles an hour. And they can re- read your license plate as you go through there. And you say, and not everybody has easy pass now, but everybody's going to get easy pass if you're going to drive. But they know where you're at. It said the average Americans recorded, uh, videotaped, or rather uh, on TV, at, or rather uh, surveillance at least 34 times a day. I thought, I'm going to get rid of my cell phone. I'm going to go to a, go to a hard line. I'm going to get rid of my cars that have computer chips in them, OnStar. They know where you're at any moment of the day. Your cell phone, they know where you're at any second of the day. They know what you're saying. What's her name? Uh, uh, No, not Siri. What's uh, uh, Alexa? Alexa. You know, I'm just learning about Alexa in my recent weeks and like, Alexa hears everything you say. We laugh about Alexa, play this. Alexa plays. Alexa, shut up. Alexa shuts up. Alexa, sing louder. Sing, she sings louder. I mean, it's astounding. It's in our houses. I want to hide. There's no place to hide. There's more, some states or some, we have 50 different countries in our country. We call the United States of America. There's some that are more free than others. Thank God for that. And in my flesh, sometimes I want to run and run away to where freedom is. But God's called us to take a stand. God's called us to live in Babylon, like Daniel, Meshach, and Abednego, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But humans are becoming hackable. This is on one of the web websites of a Christian website regarding what's happening in, with this great reset. They want to know everything about us. Our constitutional rights are being stripped. On Wednesday, by 5 to 4, it should have been 9 to nothing. By five to four, our United States and John Roberts, let me, our Supreme Court, struck down the unconstitutional. We used to have something called, we used to have a rule by law. We don't have a democracy, but we do have a democracy. We, we, we're supposed to have a republic. We pledge it to the republic, a rule by law. Pardon me for yelling, but young people, you need to understand this. We have something called a constitution that we live by as Americans. We have something called the first ten amendments, the Bill of Rights. They should be at the beginning of the Constitution. Without them, we'd have, we'd have no Constitution to begin with. That first Constitution, or the First Amendment, Congress shall make no law respecting the establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or the, peaceable, the right of the, the people to peaceably assemble. Nobody better spray can and spray paint curse words out in our foyer after the service. Somebody's going to take you down. When living in Portland, that'll be another story. You can get away with it, I'm sure. You can rip down statues and so forth. Not here. We're having a peaceable assembly. We're meeting peaceably. And by the way, let me just give credit where credit is due. I'm thankful for our 
state troopers and our law officers in, uh, uh, in New Hartford here, they've been very hands-off with us. That first time they came, when we first opened our doors back in Resurrection Sunday, of course, and they, they came apologetic. I'm thankful that some police officers and some officials, they get it. Not so much in other places. Young people, let me just not digress. This is planned here for five more minutes or so, and we'll get back to, the, to the, what we need to do. But there was something written in 1848. It was called the Communist Manifesto. We used to teach these things in school. Communism is a dirty 10-letter word or whatever, how many letters in communist. They're filth. It's godless. It's got a twin sister, kindred sister. Sometimes you can't tell them apart, socialist. Karl, Man- Karl Marx and Frederick Engels wrote the manifesto intending to incite violent revolution. They had a quote-unquote glorious goal to believe in. Their goal was to blind their would-be the masses and the followers into what would be a brutal dictatorship and oppress all workers and slaughter millions under the communist rule. But they didn't say any of that. Hitler reworked it. He just wrote another book called Mein Kampf. Mao Zedong's little, little red book. I find, young people, you need to understand this. The most patriotic people that I meet in America are almost always are, found, are, are people that grew up in different countries. Grew up in Pakistan and come to America. You'll love America. Unless you're Muslim. You grew up in some of these countries. You grew up in Venezuela or Costa Rica or Nicaragua. I could go on and on and on and on and on and on. You come to America, you came to America, you'll risk everything to get to a land of freedom. And we're importing, importing, importing the poison that was in those countries. We're bringing it right into America and we're electing them into our highest offices of the land. The day's coming where there's going to be contact tracing. It's already here. Via vaccinations. Immunity passports. You won't be able to travel. The day is coming. I don't mean to be depressing. I'm just telling you. I'm giving you a forecast of the Lord Terry is coming. There's going to be a day where you and I won't be able to travel. You say, oh, no, that'll never come that way. Are you serious? You know, things that people mocked at even a few years ago, a year or two ago, no one would have ever imagined if somebody wrote a novel about what was going to happen in 2021, no, it, would be, it would be an economic disaster. It would never sell a book. Nobody would believe this year could be this crazy. Riots, BLM, destroying our city, a fraud election, on and on we could go. But you read the ten tenets of communism. You Google it. You can Google it for yourself. Let me go through this rapid fire real quick. The ten tenets of communism. Just time to, just uh, in fact, I won't read them all for read all of it for time's sake. The ten tenets of communism, and it's, it's being played out in America right now. We're trying to bring all the world together. We're going to bring America down. We're going to bring capitalism down, and we're going to be like socialists, be like all the wonderful other wonderful communist nations around the world. Number one is the abolition of property and land. One of the greatest, greatest tenets, what makes America great is the, the ability to have our own property. When I was in Mexico, uh, I didn't know this, but you know, no, no Mexican owns any land in New Mexico. It's leased to you for, I, I think you get it up to 100 years. 
But after 100 years, it goes back to the government. There's no such thing as free land in a globalist world, globalist country in a communist mind. It's all, everything's owned by the state. Number two, the second tenet of communism is, this was propagated in the Communist Manifesto of 1848, and, and it's been rehashed and re, re, reinvented over and over again, but it's the same old trash. A heavy progressive or gradual income tax. Folks, some of you think I just get upset, but Connecticut, we're, we're by tax, we're being cut. We're, we're, it's death by a thousand cuts. It just on and on and on and on it goes. And it's never ending. We just need a little bit more income tax. And we drive out the billionaires out of Connecticut and they go to Florida because we don't like those rich people. Number three, the abolition of all rights of inheritance. Number four, for time's sake, confiscation of property of all immigrants and rebels. You get in trouble with the law, you AR-15 owners, you people that own guns, see what happens to your gun real fast. They're going to confiscate that because you're, you're, you're a dangerous person. But again, destroy our cities on, on, a, on a night because you don't like the way election goes or... or uh, White supremacists, it's okay. You destroy the whole city, downtown cities, hundreds of billions of dollars, and that's okay. That's, religi- that's a freedom of speech. Number five, the centralization of credit in the hands of the state by means of a national bank with state capital and an exclusive monopoly. I used to be, and I just, uh, just for the record here, I've, I've changed on some things. I've always liked Walmart. For many years, I've bragged about Walmart. I like big business. I used to like big business. But why Walmart is thriving in Home Depot, I used to like Home Depot. But Home Depot is thriving. Mom and pop businesses all over America are closing down. We're losing our small business. I heard the other day, the other week, patronize our local restaurants. That's, that's, we have, that's our neighbors that have restaurants. Over 600 restaurants in Connecticut have closed down. They say 2,000 by the end of the year. Gone. They're not coming back. This is a plan by the globalist. They want to bring down small corporations. They want everything in, a, in, a, in major corporations and ruled by a few elitist ruling class people. Folks, if any of you think I'm being sensational, I'm really not. In fact, uh, these things need to be said far more than they're said. Probably on a Sunday morning, but there'd be a lot of people that can't stomach this type of information. They'd rather hide their heads in the sand and find out what Oprah's saying tomorrow morning. Pardon me for being facetious and mean. There's sixthly, the sixth tenet of Communist Manifesto is the centralization of the means of communication, i.e., let me translate that, control of the media. Folks, if you believe the media, you've got problems. By the way, including Fox News in the last few weeks. I'm telling you, you think I'm being sensational, I'm not. The communists have always known you, who he who controls the media. I read William Randolph's first book many years ago, about a 900-page read. And he was the, the creator of what was called yellow journalism. He says, I need not be, he ran for president of the United States. What was that movie that was made, that Hollywood movie? Uh, I'm just popping, I can't get it out of my head. No, no, the, uh, uh, it doesn't matter, the, uh, the takeoff on William Randolph Hearst's life here, I can't think of it right now all of a sudden, uh, 
Amanda would be president or something like that. Anyhow, back to the story. He said, I need not control, be the president, just let me control the media and not control the world. And we have, we're having exclusive media. Uh, we're selective coverage, selective outrage. Number seven, and I just briefly, there's bringing to cultivation of wastelands and improvement of soil generally in acceptance with a common plan. There's, uh, let me translate that. There's, uh, we need to have a, a, a proper ecology, including global warming uh, things in our, uh, in, our, in, our, in our cars and everything we do. We need to, we need to green, everything, the, the green agenda, of course, be destroyed. Listen, I'm all for wind power. I'm all for solar power. But until they make a wind-powered car or a solar-powered car, I'll take my gas engine. Thank you very much. The idea that oil is bad, I, I don't get it. Go home and drain your oil tank tonight. Go, go, go home and get rid of your propane. As if these things are bad. I like warm houses in the middle of January or February. I don't know about you. <sighs> I'm sorry. Number eight, eight, nine, and ten. Let me hurry along here. I'm watching the clock. Equal liability for all laborers. Translation. Linda's working at Target, by the way. Working at Target as a cashier. They should make money, as much money as an open-heart surgeon, right? I mean, it's, you know, $15 an hour. How about for that, for the, the, uh, the brain surgeon? How about that for the... No, I, I, want, I want somebody, pardon me, if I got brain surgery, I need brain surgery, and I do need brain surgery. Uh, I, I want a smart person working on my brain. You know what I'm saying? I want to pay him a lot of money. Now, take out my garbage, not so much. No offense. The idea of equity. You should read what God says about equity. Read about the parable of the talents. He gave one five, one, one two, and one one. one. And somebody you know that story? The five gained five, and the two gained Gained two, and the one went and hit it, and God was mad at the one. Number nine and ten. Number nine, gradual abolition of the distinction between town and country. Did you see the electoral map or the map of uh, this last election? The same, same all the time. Little spots of blue and massive red everywhere you look. It's not liberal states versus conservative states. It's liberal cities versus conservative or country. And God said, this is not good that they're building a city, back to Babel, chapter 11. Unto heaven, they reach unto heaven. I've got to break this thing up. God says, I want people to live in a simple way. I, no, don't run that rabbit trail. Number, number 10 of the Communist Manifesto. Free education for all children in public schools. Not making it up. We can't have choice, school choice. I mean, we can have abortion choice, but we can't have school choice. Let me, I'm fast forwarding here. I'm going to do four remedies here in just a few seconds. Here. So, preacher, what do we do? I'm reading a book right now called Dead Wake. It's the story of the May 7th, 1915 sinking of the Lusitania. 1959 people on the Lusitania. They left New York on May 1st. They were told... The German U-boats are going to be hunting for passenger ships. 
The Astors, this is the billionaires. The Hillstead from uh, Farmington, Connecticut, over by Miss Porter's school there, that mansion over there, she was on the ship. They were all told on the day of their sailing that their, their ship may be targeted. They all mocked it. They all laughed it off. That'll never happen. Those Germans won't sink us. We're the Lusitania. Something called the Titanic was two years earlier. That would never sink, the unsinkable ship. They wanted to torpedo us. 1,198 people went to, their, went to a watery grave in 18 minutes the ship went down. 18 minutes on May 7th. Now, I don't want to be negative. I just, you know, sometimes the truth hurts. You know, it's an inconvenient truth. Inconvenient truth. I, I could be wrong about this. I want to be wrong. I believe you, I want to be wrong. God could turn things around in, in a heartbeat if he chose to do so. I think... This is Marty Schott opinion. I think we've already lost our country and just don't know it. I think our country is gone. I could be wrong. I want to be wrong. Oh, I want to be wrong. I'll be the first one to bend down and kiss your feet. No, and I'm being serious. If we could salvage our country. The election was an absolute fraud. If you don't know that, you're listening to the news media. The statistical improbability of what took place Donald Trump was hundreds of thousands of votes ahead in all those battleground states, especially uh, Pennsylvania. They, they, they shut down the, the statistical improbability. They're being mocked, the lawyers now. These, uh, that lady lawyer, I can't get her name out. What's her name? Help me out, somebody. Sidney Powell. Powell, thank you. They're being mocked. The evidence is overwhelming. But some of you don't believe me. That's okay. The majority of America doesn't believe what I'm saying. The majority of America believes that the election was fair and just. Okay. Maybe I'm wrong. But bygones be bygones, right? But I want you to turn to one passage of Scripture, and I'll give you four things. I'm looking. I've got five minutes to go quickly. 2 Chronicles chapter 36. This is at the end of the, the 400-year life of Israel, the northern kingdom of Israel, or excuse me, Judah. Let me try that again, the southern kingdom. Second Chronicles 36, look at verse number 16. Does God get to a point where he gives up on people? Read Romans chapter 1. Yes, he does. There's a time when God says, enough! There's a time where we used to preach these messages crossing over God's deadline. We're all going to die one day. God has a deadline for us. Some of us speed up that deadline. Nations can speed up deadlines. Here we have, I believe when we're getting to the point where we're, as Second Chronicles 36 and verse number 16 says, but they mocked the messengers of God. Right now, and this is a very friendly crowd here tonight, and I, I love you, and I know you love me, but you may think, preacher, you're just getting a little too wound up. It's not that bad, is it? They mocked the messengers of God and despised his words and misused his prophets. Notice how long. 
And what happened? Until the wrath of the Lord arose against his people, till there was no remedy. I don't know, and again, I, oh, I would love to be wrong. I'm praying that God will give us deliverance in America. He could do that. He could come down in the, King Sanders is in the heart of the Lord. He turns it with us over he willeth. God could turn things around on a dime. He's done it before. He can do it again. But we know the end of the book. The Bible says when the Lord comes to really find faith on earth, let me give you four things here, and I got two minutes, and we're gonna, I'm rushing. What should we do? I have four points, all basically from Genesis. What should we be doing? The ship is going down. America is sinking. The world is becoming like Babel. We're going to shake our fist in God's face. Get out, of our, get out of our lives. We can handle this. We'll do it our way. What should we do as Christians? Well, Genesis 9 and verse number 1, after Noah got off the ark, the first thing God said to him, be fruitful and multiply. Here, this real exact uh, application. Have children, amen. <laughs> but not only have children, but have spiritual children. Go soul winning. Genesis, John chapter 15, verse 5. He's not chosen us, but we've, we've not chosen him, but he's chosen us that we should go forth and bring forth fruit and our fruit should remain. God wants us to be soul winners, bring people to the Lord, rescue the perishing, care for the dying. The ship is going down. I read many years ago the sinking of the Titanic as a teenage kid. And many of those lifeboats were half empty, half full, I should say. And they pulled away from the ship and they didn't think that ship, the unsinkable, was ever going to go down. It went down. Only 700 or so people were saved. They could have saved the 1,500 or 2,000 of those people. Many of them perished because they wouldn't get on the lifeboat. Jesus is the lifeboat. Be fruitful and multiply. Number two, four things I have. Oh, this, I'm sorry, I got ahead of myself. This, this is number, number one should be, know the flood is coming. God told Genesis, Noah, and he, he told everybody that listened in Genesis chapter 6, that your days on earth are numbered, 120, that I'm going to send judgment. In the New Testament, God says, I'm going to, I'm going to send judgment. I'm coming again. And my reward is with me for the Christian, and my wrath is with me, Revelation 19, for the unsaved person. Know the flood is coming. Know that the end, we're in the end times. We're in the 1158 hours, now 601. Well, we're in the 11.58 hour of God's time clock of prophecy in regards to, I believe the Lord is coming nearer than ever before. I remember hearing this preaching 40 years ago. I was a teenage kid, I didn't think I'd make it to 20. Well, I've made it past that. Long ways past that, and he still hasn't come. But it's time for us to wake up, sleep for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The flood's coming, no guaranteed. God said it's coming. So God said, be fruitful and multiply. Soul win, tell others about Christ. There's room on the ark. Number three, we need to occupy, or that word means to, to among other things, to work till he comes. Work for the night is coming. Noah worked and built the ark. God, God gave him the prophecy that I'm going to come back, I'm going to destroy the world. And so he worked for 100 years. We got to work now. 
while there's still time to work. Jesus said, I must work the hymns that works the works since the hymn that sent me the night cometh and no man can work. The day of working is going to be over. Hebrews 11, 7. Noah worked to the saving of his house. Fourthly, number one, know the flood is coming. Number two, be fruitful, multiply this, be soulmates. Number three, occupy this, work till he comes, work till. Then number four, keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. You know, Again, this is, this is Marty Schott talking. Maybe you don't feel this way. I used to love sports, all, all pro sports. I'm done with pro sports. I'm done with it. I used to watch news. I used to watch a certain channel. Now I switched to another channel. After the service, I'll tell you what it is. Newsmax, there it is. One American network. I used to enjoy watching news at night. Not so much anymore. A lot of things I used to enjoy, I don't enjoy any longer. I used to enjoy freedom. Remember when we used to have freedom? Remember when we could go out? I mean, we were in the rain yesterday. Tim and I were in the rain yesterday, outside. And a patrolman came up and said, put your mask on. Or an officer. You need to have a mask on. Oh, it's raining. It was sleeting for a few minutes. Outside, we need to have a mask on. You say, that's silly. It's, it's really not silly. Death by a thousand cuts. Losing our liberty. You say, oh, what's the big deal? I've heard people say, what's the big deal? Just, just wear the mask. Don't be stupid. And I wear the mask because for multiple reasons, I guess, when I'm when in a store and so forth. So let, me, let me run this rabbit trail. You didn't hear this here. I was in Ohio. Don't tell anybody. We're not allowed to go out of state. I was in Ohio to see my dying dad, who's still living. Huh. Went to Middlefield, Ohio. Everybody's got their mask on in Ohio now. Middlefield, Ohio is the fourth largest Amish community in the world. So we went to the Middlefield Cheese Factory, favorite stopping grounds. We walked up. And on the door was an Amish lady outside. She was cleaning outside. It was a nice day, kind of like today, this morning, 55-degree weather, nice weather. And there was a note on the door. Our trust is in God. We don't wear masks. She didn't have a mask on. I'm just telling you. It's Ohio. They're rednecks. They don't know any better. They're there. And... Uh, you are welcome to wear a mask. I'm not against mask. I'm pro-choice. I think mask might be a good thing sometimes. I think distancing might be a good thing. When I got a cold, I don't try to cough in somebody's face. That's how you spread germs. Try to be socially distant on purpose. Try to be careful. But the sign was, again, I should have took a picture of it. I didn't have my phone on me. And it said, uh, we trusted God. We don't wear masks. You're welcome to come in our store with masks, but if we offend you by not having masks on, please take your shopping elsewhere. We wish you a blessed day. God bless you. Freedom. The store wants to tell me, uh, you come in their store, wear a mask. I, I, can, I have a choice. I can either put a mask on or not put a mask on and not go in the store. I'm all for private choice. If I go to your house and you don't eat hot dogs and... Uh, I want a hot dog, tough luck. It's choice. I'm all for choice. Nothing wrong with that. Individual soul liberty. 
Oh, back to the, let me finish up here. I said I was going to finish up. I got ranting and raving again. Let's keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Looking into Jesus. And back to Genesis 19, verse 26. We need not turn there, but when the world burns and Sodom and Gomorrah was real and burned up, God said for Chorazin and I can't think of that other city, he said it'd be more tolerable for them in the day of judgment than for Sodom and Gomorrah. Last illustration, we're over time, I've done. 30 years ago when I went to India, I was in a seminary class with 30 or 40 seminarians studying for the ministry, Indian fellows. And I had a questionnaire. They spent the whole 50 minutes of their class time filling out my questionnaire. I still have those questionnaires about this thick in my office, buried in one of my file cabinets. I asked the question, what do you think of America? When you think of America, what do you think of America? Please be honest. This is 30 years ago. Three of those seminarians wrote the same thing. It was like they were cheating off each other's pages. They wrote, if God does not judge America for her sin, he will have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah. Young people, I'm so archaic. I believed, I was told that there were two genders. I actually didn't know it, but I actually believed in Genesis chapter 1 and 2. Male and female created he them. Two genders. Now Google, there's 121, and I'm not joking. Science, follow the science. How about follow God? God said to Lot and to Lot's wife, don't look back. And she looked back. Folks, we can't look back. There's nothing we can look, look back to. I mean, we need to know our history. We need to try to occupy until we come. We need to try to save America if we can. Many of many people are past feeling. Many people, people, pardon me, don't get it. They're blinded by the God of this world. We need to bring people to Christ. Is it doom and gloom? No. We're closer to the coming of the Lord than ever before. Let's be fruitful and multiply. Let's realize the flood. The, the judgment is coming. The catching away is coming. Let's work till the night is coming. And let's keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And when we hear those words, well done, the good and faithful servant. Heavenly Father, Lord, in one sense, I sure don't apologize for anything I've said tonight. Lord, I admit my, maybe in my flesh I get worked up, and I do apologize for that. I've not tried to be unkind tonight, dear God. But Lord, we, we need to speak the truth. Lord, the truth is that Jesus is coming again. The truth is this world is no friend of grace. The truth is that there are many people that are blinded by the God of this small g of this world. Lord, and you called us to work for the night is coming. You saved Noah and saved his family. There was plenty of room on that boat for many other people, that ark for many other people. Lord, there's a door to heaven, and it's Jesus Christ. And that door is available to all that will come unto him. Thank you for that great truth. Help us to rescue the perishing, care for the dying. Help us to, Lord, occupy till you come. Help us, Lord, to keep our eyes on Christ. Get our joy from Jesus. Not from this world, we pray. And pray, bless as we close our service out tonight, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. One verse of 125, I believe it is. Let me throw a curveball that I know Brother Dave can give.